This exhortation was brought to you by the Light Bearers, bringing light until there's no more darkness. Hallelujah. Good evening. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Amen. Praise God. Okay. All right. Um, it's nice to have everyone here. Um, thank you so much um, for that being here and being here again. Like I've always liked to say, it's always a good thing and a good time to gather with God's people and just share God's word. You know, God's word has that effect. Uh, it's able by himself to just prove himself to be true. It says, so shall my world be. It says, it shall be like the rain, like the dew that falls upon the earth, that causes the grass to grow, that causes uh, the leaves to grow. It says, it shall not come back to rain, but it shall prosper in that very thing where to our sense it. He said, that's how my world is going to be. He said, God's word is that way. It says, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace that is able to build your and give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. And it's commending the person to God's word, it's commending the people to God's word. See, God's word is a personality, it's a person, it's not just, it's not just thoughts, <laughs> it's an experience that we come into. God's word is a person. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God and the Word is very God. The very essence of God is with us as we share right now. God's Word is available. God's Word is present right here to do everything that God can do for us. Amen. He says fools because of their unbelief, because of their doubtings, because of their wickedness and gone astray. He says they have even fallen sick along the way. He says they are so abhorrent all manner of means. He says then they cry to the Lord. He says and he heard them. He says in the affliction they cried out. He sent his word and he healed them. And he delivered them from all their oppressions. He says God's word has that ability that as we express ourselves, as we just stay to fellowship with God's word, is able not just to heal their diseases, just like was with them, but can also deliver from all destruction. It can bring to he says, he says, everyone that findeth them, he says, is life unto them. He says, it shall be life unto those. He says, it's health to their flesh. It shall be health to their flesh. He says, my son, attend to my words. Pay attention to what I'm saying to you. He says, it's a life. It's a life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. You see that? You see, we can just gather around God's word, regardless of whatever thing that we are preaching or we are, we are communicating at the time. And it can just have an effect. Hallelujah. <laughs> the Bible says that the word of God is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It says, it says it's piercing, divided as under the soul and the spirit. It says everything that we have to do. It says everything is open to the one to whom we have to be. It's all open to him. There is no part that is left. No part is separate. No part is hidden. No part is unexposed to God's word. Amen. No part is unexposed. Perhaps we might not even touch necessarily the things that, that you have right now or you are, you are concerned with. Maybe the message of the day might not be in that light. But you see, all things are open to him to whom we have to do. Everything is open before the word of God. He is a designer of God. 
thought and intent of the heart. He knows what is right there in the heart. He knows what you need. And you see, the entrance of God's word is right. And it's understanding to the same He will meet you in that place right now and he's able to restore. He's able to change. He's able to bring to pass everything that he wants done beyond what we are speaking. Beyond what we are saying. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Because all things are exposed. All things are open to the one to what we have to do. So there's nothing that can hide itself. Perhaps you might not touch on some circumstances or some situations, but you know what you are going through. You know, as we are gathered together as a saint, that's why we keep on teaching God's word, because all things are exposed to it. As we preach the word of God, Ephesus can be laid on seven things, but beyond Ephesus being laid on seven things, we are gathering around the power of God. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. He says the gospel is the power of God. The, 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 the spreading of that good news, the good news, that every time we communicate what God has said, what God is saying, every time we push out that good news, he says it is the power of God. It is the power of God unto salvation. And you know that's a compound word. It's unto everything. You see, nothing is hidden in God's word. I didn't plan to say that, but that's just that's just how this fails to say. Nothing is ex- nothing is, is unexposed. Everything is exposed to the word of God. Everything God will touch it today. He will touch it at this moment. Whatever things are the concerns of your heart, whatever things are the concerns of your mind, whatever things are the concerns of your body, as we minister the word, the power of God is present here. He will touch those things. He will touch your mind. He will touch your body. He will take and ensure that things are shaping things. Hallelujah. Things are taking shape in the name of Jesus. The word of God is powerful. He says it's quick, it's alive. Amen. The word of God is quick and it's alive. It's quick and powerful. It's alive. Hallelujah. He's a living, he's a living thing. The word of God is a person. And you see, he said everything is open today. We expose everything in the name of Jesus to the power of God's word. Hallelujah. Amen. So today we're going to be talking about favor, and this is Bible. So we'll jump into it a little bit. Um, I was told earlier, or I was heard earlier, that we might be talking about favor today. So we'll just go along that line. And um, like we said already, God's word will touch you in whatever areas that we need. Uh, we'll try and pitch our tent around favor. Um, but I trust the Lord to touch everything because it's God's word that we are projecting for. We are projecting that word of God. We are projecting that power of God. And it can touch everything. Amen. So I'm going to be talking about favor today. And I want us to start from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, we're going to do some reading and then go ahead. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to talk about favor in the light of living another's life. That we are actually living another person's life. And that's why we need to work with favor. We ought to work with favor. First Corinthians chapter 10, from verse 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud. All our fathers were under the cloud. Remember, he was talking to Corinthians here. This is a Gentile church. 
and then he's saying all of our fathers that is he has associated them already already identified them with that flow of the Jews he says I would brethren that you should not ignorant that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea of course you know he's talking about the children of Israel going under going through the Red Sea he says, and we're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, the same. They were all baptized unto Moses. They all ate the same spiritual meat. They did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. He says, but with many of them, God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. He says, now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lost after certain things. So Paul makes, starting from here, he makes a case for identification being the basis of everything that we have. That you see, there are no special heads, there are no special persons. There are people identified, there are people identified to a certain cause. And then it's beginning to speak of this is that our inheritance are meant to be sought or demanded based on this identification. Because there were some of them who began to seek their own they began to seek their own ways. He says, these things are our examples to the intent that we should not lost after evil things as they also lost it. They lost it. He says, let us, he says, neither be idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat to drink and rose up to drink. He says, neither let us be, let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day 23,000. He says, let us not tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed or suffered. So you see a mix of things here. People lost thing after eating things. Eating, drinking, and not just partying and enjoying themselves and setting themselves to idols, moving away from what God has said concerning that thing. Some of them fornicated and took things for themselves that were not in theirs. The Bible says they also murmured. He says, neither let us murmur, as some of them murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. From a sense of hopelessness, from a sense of they felt they needed to be back to receiving certain things that they used to have in Egypt, a certain kind of, a certain kind of appetite. They felt a sense of hopelessness, a sense of need, and they began to murmur. Whereas their inheritance was being tied to doing things the same, was tied to eating the same spiritual food, to eating the same spiritual meat, to drinking the same spiritual water. To be identified with Moses. Now he says in verse 11 that now all these things happen unto them 
four examples and they are written for our admonition. They are written for our admonition so that we can learn upon whom the ends of the world are come. I like this. He says, upon whom the ends of the world are come. You see, he's writing unto us. He's, he's telling us that we take admonition from this story. That we don't want to be like them. Chasing after our own things and trying to live our own lives outside our identification. He says, upon whom the ends of the world are come. The NLB has it as upon whom the accumulation of the ages have come. You see, we are in the best possible period. You see, many people don't remember that. Many times we live like the God of the yesteryears is the real deal. Like the God that walked with the children of Israel that parted the sea, that did mighty things with Moses, that did great stuff with Joshua, that did great stuff with everybody, Isaac, Jacob, Abraham, like that was the real deal. But the Bible says, upon us the end of the world is come. The culmination of all the ages. This is everything that God has been trying to do. This is the culmination of everything. This is the fullness of time. We are in that moment where we are at the end of everything. And you see, God's best demonstrations are not his dealings in the past. He wants us to know he's writing for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world is come. Because God's demonstrations, his best demonstrations are not in the past. They are in our future. They are for us. God's best demonstrations are in our days. This is, however, this is the best of time. We are in the best of time. You see, many people don't remember that. Many people don't know that. That we are in the best possible time. I don't want to be in the days of Elijah. I don't want to be in the days of Moses. I don't want to be in the days of Abraham. These are the best days. He says, upon the culmination of the ages have come. We are the best of God's people. You see, it's not about an individual thing. It's about an identification thing. It's because we are connected to someone. We are connected to someone. We are identified with Christ. This is the culmination of the ages. Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. From verse 1. He says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, depends not from his servant, though he be lord of all. But is under two doors and governors unto the time appointed of the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, when the fullness of time was come, everything that God has been saying to the prophets, everything that God has been saying in yesteryears, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. We have received adoptions of sons in this fullness of times. He says, and because you are sons, God has sent forth his, the spirit of the son into your heart, crying our father. Wherefore, you are no more a servant, but a son. 
and even the Son, then an heir of God through Christ. This is the happenings of the end of the ages. He's saying, I'm writing all this for your admonition. All things happen for examples, and they are for our admonition upon the ends of the world has come. Upon those that have received adoption of souls, of those that have become the heirs of God, because all that came before were servants at most. He says, This is the reign of the souls. This is the day the fullness of time has happened to us. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, from verse 9. He says, Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure which he had proposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth, even in him. He says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him that worketh all things according to the counsel of the will. That we should be to the praise of the glory of his grace, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who's first trusted in Christ. In whom, after you trusted you and you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom, after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. All this happening in the fullness of time, in the dispensation, because fullness of time is about the dispensation. Upon whom the ends of the world is come, in the fullness of time, in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he is talking about us and the adoption of souls. These are the best days. Hebrews chapter 1, he says, God who has sundry times and in that famous man has spoken kind words to the fathers by the prophets, as in these last days spoken to us in his son. Peace in the sun in the last days. In the last days. He said, These are the last days. And thank God we are here. In these last days, we are appointed to be his heirs. Heirs of God and joint here with Christ. These are the best days. These are the best. You see, God's best days are not in the past. It's because when we look through the scriptures, we look through many things about favor, many times when he's talking about favor, it looks like there are so many mighty things happening and it's possible for us, and we see that sometimes when people read many scriptures or many stories in the Bible, we, we, there's a way we can lose ourselves. This identification is so important in speaking about favor. Because as we see these great examples of the demonstration of favor in the scriptures, there is a possibility to, to exclude ourselves. That is it possible that this kind of thing can happen today? Can this kind of am I supposed to expect such things? See, we must know that not only is it possible, it's supposed to be so. It's supposed to be so. We are supposed to enjoy the of the favor of God in these last days, in the dispensation of the fullness of time, upon whom the ends of the world is come, these are the best times to enjoy the favor of God. You know why? See, because favor is God's grace. It's God's endowment in the life of a man or of a people. It's a show of his presence. 
if these are the last days, these are God's best days, then they ought to be favored days. They ought to be days in which God is showing the best of himself. He says the fullness of times. These are supposed to be the things that see people are supposed to look at our lives, the demonstrations of our lives, the things that are happening with us, and they are supposed to give God glory more than what we have ever seen before. He says that we be to the praise of his glory. Who first trusted in Christ, that we be to the praise of his glory. That is why we are here. He says, I'm writing this for you, that you might not begin to seek your own thing, that you might not begin to lust after other things, that you might focus on this your identification and eat from the same source. And eat the same spiritual meat and feed from the same water that all of us are supposed to partake of. Because you see, some of them. Wasted in the way by lusting after evil things. He says some were destroyed in the wilderness because they chose not to follow the path. They chose to do things different and seek things different from the path. And you see, many of us do it in, in, in bits and pieces here and there in our lives. One of the ways is claiming that God's favor days and in the days of the past. You don't see yourself as the demonstration of the best of the favor of God should be in your day. Let's look at some examples because he says all these are for examples. So I wanted to lay all that foundation before going to examples of the favor of God. He said because you are supposed to enjoy the favor of God. You are supposed to enjoy. It is something that goes with the presence of God. It's like a stamp. It's a signature of God. It's supposed to be upon us. He says now we are God's heirs. We are heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. We ought to bear that same image. We ought to bear that same fragrance. It's called favor. Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. From verse 13. Just so you little examples here and there and try to buy it together. He said, Time Pharaoh rose up in the night. This was after all the plagues, after the tenth plague. Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one day. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go and serve the Lord. As you have said, also take your thoughts and your head, as you have said, and be gone and bless me also. He says, And the Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, we all be dead men. And the people took their dough before it was leaving, their needing troughs being bound up in their clothes upon the shoulder. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses. And they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver. Remember, we are talking about slaves. These people have been slaves for so long, over 400 years. They have been slaves now. And then you wake up one day, according to the word of a man, he said he heard from God, and then you go about borrowing from the Egyptians jewels of silver, jewels of gold and clothes. 
Jesus and the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the people. So that the length of them such things as they required. And they spoiled the Egyptians. Hallelujah. And they spoiled the Egyptians by these things that they took from them. How do slaves ask for things? But the Bible says God gave them favor in the sight of. You see, many times we are trying to chase things. How does this kind of thing happen? This looks illogical. This doesn't make sense. That people will strip up a whole nation by just requesting them. They spoiled them totally. Took all their jewels, took all their silver, took all their clothes. And they were asking of it and they were giving it all to them. What do you call that? It's called favor. Something that cannot be refused. You see, when you look at this, you ought to look at yourself as someone that cannot be refused. It's not to look at this story and begin to exhaust that what God did then, that's such a wonderful thing. How do we get this thing from? But you see, in many parts of your life, it is hard to happen. This ought to be the place where you cannot be rejected. Many times we are, we are faced with difficulties, we are faced with things, and then we are cowering it. You see, come on, brothers, we are in the ends of the times. Upon us, the end of the times have come. These are the best days of God. These are the best days of God, hallelujah. These things ought to happen with us. He says God gave them favor in the sight of Maybe if they came a day before, maybe if they came days after, they would have collected slap or they would have been thrown on. And there are many times you saw that at a point when they, they, they tried to raise a savior for themselves, Moses was telling them, Let my people go. He said, Really? And then Pharaoh added more work to them. He said, Because at that time, it was not the fullness of time, it was not a time of that favor. He said, But the moment it happened, there was no possibility of them saying no. That is something God's grace can give to you. That is something God's power can give to you. Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. Glory to God. Daniel chapter 1. You all know the story. Daniel 1 9. Nebuchadnezzar come and he has taken up the people of Israel and has packed them and he has besieged the whole of Jerusalem and he took some young men and some princes and took all of them and he was going to co-opt them into his own learned folks and become sages and become astrologers and those kind of things. He says, but Daniel proposed the that, that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the Enoch that he might not defile himself. Unknowingly to Daniel, God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the universe. He did not know that. He was just going to ask what he wanted to ask and say, you see, I don't want to defile myself, myself and this, my brethren. We do not want to defile ourselves. Can you allow us? You see, normally you are not supposed to do that. And if he did, you see, remember, he was a slave man. They are brought him away from his own land. And now you are here. You are at the king's order. And then you are trying to make a request. You see, there is an acceptance 
There is something about God's favor that causes acceptance. There is something that causes an impossibility of rejection. You see, and in many ways we face this. Perhaps some of us are even facing it right now. When you are trying to make a way, you are trying to get through stuff, and it looks like things are hindering you, and it looks like you cannot even sum up the courage enough. You see, there is something called the favor of God. There is something that is called the favor of God. And you see, you are in the best days, and it belongs to you. It belongs to us. There is an endowment upon their lives. Deuteronomy 33. It speaks of Naphtali. Maybe we should read that. Deuteronomy 33. I like how like we put it. Deuteronomy 33. And maybe this is, this is something you can say to yourself. You can add it to your confessions. Deuteronomy 33 from verse 20. 33 to 23. He says, and of Naphtali he said, Oh Naphtali, you can put your name, I like it. Oh Naphtali, oh Michael, satisfied with favor. What is sweet is to me. He says, Oh Naphtali, satisfied with favor and full with the blessing of the Lord. He said, This is the character of the God of God's man. He says, satisfied with favor. Full of the blessing of the Lord. He says, Go ahead and possess the West and the South. Hallelujah. You see, perhaps you are trying to possess things, perhaps you are trying to get over things. This is something to remember. Naphtali cannot have it more than you have it. Naphtali, upon the ends of the world, are not come upon Naphtali. They were not come in that time, but they are come upon you. Naphtali cannot have a better promise than you. Naphtali cannot be in a better place than you. Oh, Michael, satisfied with favor and full of the blessing of the Lord. He said, that's our character. That's how we are supposed to be. That ought to be the confession of our house. We are supposed to be. How do you name a person by favor? Because it seems that every single time, the person can't just be rejected. The person is just full of the blessings of the Lord. Every seat, the house is full of it because the person is satisfied with favor. You see, God wants us to be satisfied with favor. God wants us to be satisfied with favor. That's how the blessings of the Lord come. That's how we don't get destroyed. There is a popular story in Joshua chapter 11 and verse 20 where the Bible says that the Lord added the heart of the nations around except one nation adding the heart of those nations why? because so that they can be destroyed because if they if they were not hardened they may have pandered towards the children of Israel they may have cutted their favor and once he speak God's people are at peace with certain people God's favor will naturally come upon them and God will have no means to destroy there will be no means to ensure that their rightful judgment comes upon them because they have received favor of the Lord. Maybe we'll read so that we'll not just change quoting of it. Joshua chapter 11. Joshua 11 and verse 20. 
He says from verse 18, so I just put it in the context. He says, Joshua made war a long time with all those kings. There was not a city that made peace with the children of Israel, save the Levites, the inhabitants of Gibeon. All other, they took in battle. Every other king they took in battle, and he made war with them. Why? He says, for it was of the Lord to harden their hearts that they should come against Israel in battle. God, so that he can destroy them, he made them to come to Israel in battle. So that they will come against Israel in battle, that he might destroy them utterly, and that they might have no favor, but that he might destroy them as the Lord commanded Moses. You see, favor, the absence of it, will cause destruction. And you see, that's not what God wants for us. Favor is a protector. The favor of God is a protection. You see, and all of this we have been reading from the Old Testament. But you see, it's usually in relation to God and to people. Mostly unmerited, mostly unreal. Some of us are looking for, for it to make sense. Some of us are looking for it to, to be real. Some of us are looking for one to be equal to two, one plus two to be equal to three, three times three to be equal to nine. You see. Favor doesn't play like that. It's usually unsensible. It's usually unmerited. It's usually unreal. It's not a logical flow. It's supernatural. It's the endowment of God. There are crazy things. There are things that are, that are beyond the mind. There are things that how do, how do you process that? How do slaves begin to spoil the people that have mastered them just by asking? steal them. They asked and they gave it to them. Hallelujah. They asked them and they were giving all their life possession to them. Why? Because of favor. I like the way he puts it in that. He says it's liquid love. It's tender liquid love that cannot be rejected. That, that cannot be said no to. You can't say no to me. You can't say no to that. That's what God wants us to see. In the New Testament, you find that favor is, is a word that is natural. If you do a search of favor in the New Testament, you probably find maybe just four. Maybe if you extend it to favor and, and, and those kind of other things, maybe you extend it to like eight. It's not a general term that is that is common in the New Testament. You know why? Even all the times that favor was mentioned seemingly in the New Testament, he all meant pistis. Oh, sorry. He all meant charis. Paris is grace. It was always grace because that's what we have received from Jesus. See, this grace is an opportunity for people. That's what I'm trying to get at. That the favor that we have received is because of the grace that God has endowed us with. Upon whom the end of the world is come. The Bible says of Mary that Mary was highly favored. Beyond all of it, she was, of course, not the only virgin around. She was, of course, not the only young one. But she was highly favored of God. She was highly favored of God. He says, Jesus increased in favor with men. He said, can be increased in. Jesus increased in favor. Increased in grace. He says, grace has come to us by the extension of Jesus. He says, grace has been extended to us. Grace has come of his fullness and we receive grace for grace. 
grace for grace. He says that the apostles had favor with the people. They could not just say no to the apostles. It seemed that everything that they were saying, it was just sticking. People could just gather around them and begin to put stuff for them. Why? It's the favor of God. It's the grace of God that is upon us. And you see, it's not for those people alone. It's God's endowment and God's plan for us. God wants us to increase in it. Just like it was for Jesus. God wants us to increase in this. He wants us to increase in that favor. He says that you should grow in grace. That you should move from grace to grace. And God wants us to take advantage of it. Second Timothy chapter 1, as we begin to round up. Second Timothy chapter 1. Verse chapter 2, 2 Timothy 2 and verse 1. He says, My son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Take advantage of the grace that is in Christ. Let it, let it not be a waste. Let it not be a waste in your life. All these things that we have been, we have, we have been reading, all these things that have been written for us, let it not be a waste. Take advantage of it. Take advantage of this favor that is in Christ. He said, because where we are is called the gospel of grace. Galatians 1 calls this gospel the gospel of his grace. This is the gospel of God's grace. It's called the grace of Christ. We are are in a place that is called favor. So you will be doing yourself a disservice to be living outside the path. To be living outside our identification. Because we are identified by grace. He says, grace and truth came through Jesus. And of his fullness, we have received grace for grace. He said, because many people are comfortable in their own abilities, trying to sort themselves out. You see, that's not God's way. You always want to make it make sense. You always need it to make sense. When God says things to you, you don't believe that you can achieve those things. You don't believe that you can get that far. You want to calculate it and allow everything to fall in line. You see, that's not favor. Favor doesn't always make sense. And that's what we have come into. We have come into something that does not make sense. We have come into the supernatural. We are not to be comfortable in our own ability. Because we are living the life of another person. We are living another person's life. That's the reason why we are are not supposed to be comfortable in ourselves, in our education, in our mistakes, in our in our doing. Because we are not living our lives. The life of the one that you are living is a life of favor. He wants faith. These are favor days. We have to live a life that is identified with Christ. Galatians 2 and verse 20. He says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless, I believe. He said, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live it by the faith of the Son of God. I live it by the faith of the Son of God, who gave himself for me, who gave his life for me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That way, I do not frustrate the grace of God. That way, I do not frustrate the favor of God. For if righteousness came by the law, then Christ died in vain. If he came by what I can do for myself, if everything that I can get is a reason of what I have or what I have access to, that's not grace anymore. Something else is happening. That's not why Christ died. Christ died that he might hold on to him. He says that he might gather all things in Christ in the fullness of the age. 
He said, this is the life that I'm now living. I am crucified already. The life I now live, I live it by the faith of the Son of God, who gave himself for me, who died in my place. That way I do not frustrate. This is how not to frustrate favor. By choosing to live the life of the one that has called you. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 14. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 14. He says, For the law of Christ constrains us, because we just judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live now should answer no evil to themselves. You see, you don't live your own life. He says, They should answer not live their own lives, but unto him who died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He said, We don't know ourselves by the things that we can do for ourselves. We don't, we don't do things being comfortable in our own abilities because we are living that of our life. We ought to expect favor. We live the life of another and his signature is favor. We must demand to walk in it. We must pray ourselves into it. That's why we're gathered. We must pray ourselves to ensure that it works. We must ensure. And that prayer is to lose yourself. That prayer is to take a life, to, to live this life that is not yours, to live it completely outside of yourself. We must consecrate ourselves unto you. It's something to demand. You have to demand to walk in favor because this is something that accrues to your day. Across many letters of the scripture, you see the, the apostles always wishing it upon people. Grace and peace be multiplied. Grace and peace from our Lord Jesus. Grace and peace because that's how God wants us to be. God wants us to go well. God wants us to have all our needs abundantly supplied. Abundantly supplied. That's the wish of God. That's what God wants for us. That everything is abundantly supplied for. God wants us to live a life that we are in charge. And we are not significantly in that all the time. You see, all this idea of trying to get something and every time, every time you don't have it, it seems, it seems that's the end. Every time you don't have the qualification enough, every time you don't have enough money saved up for it, it looks like you cannot get it. That's not God's plan. That's not what God wants for us. God wants us to live a life that we are not significantly in that. People can try from time to time. The devil can try from time to time. But you see, we are people that cannot be said no to we are people that are living the life of another, and that life God's favor. That life produces favor. God has a system for us. It's a system of advantage that he has given us that we can live another person's life. And that life is a life that is consistent with favor. Romans 4, from verse 1. One of the last scriptures we'll read and we'll begin to pray. Romans 4 and verse 1. He says, what shall we say then that Abraham, our father, has pertaining to the flesh that has found? For if Abraham was justified by what he had went up to glory, but not before God. For what said the scripture, Abraham believed God. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that works is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of works. 
He's the one who said that Abraham found. It's not because he worked for things. It's not because he could do things by himself. It's not by works. It's not by hustle. It's not by trials. But it's by God's endowment. The Bible says that he believed God that he was counted unto me for righteousness. That righteousness is the way to live our lives. That righteousness is to surrender to the favor of God. That righteousness is to surrender to everything that God wants. Philippians 3 and verse 3 says that we worship God in the Spirit. We are the circumcision. That we worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in what Christ Jesus has done. And have no confidence in the flesh. We submit all our confidence, all our fleshly confidence, all our fleshly advantages, all of our qualifications, all of our humanly advantages, all of our mistakes, all of our blunders, all of our errors. We submit everything to pick up this favor of God, to demand the favor of God, because we are another person's life. Listen, and that's what you are going to do for yourself within the next few minutes. You are going to declare yourself. You are going to declare favor of God to work for you throughout this week, throughout this month, in whatever area that you need us. He says, Oh, Naphtali, supply with favor, satisfy with favor, and feed from the blessing of the 